and welcome to episode 30 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined and very excited to be welcoming back the lovely Sky Ferguson. Sky is a PR coach working with female entrepreneurs who want to get themselves featured in the press but have no idea where to start. Thank you so much for joining me again, Sky. Oh, thank you so much for having me. More chatting. I mean, like, as we just discussed, our favourite activity. Here we are again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we could talk for hours. But hey, we will keep it more concise for you, dear listener, rather than a four-hour episode of Sky and Me. <laughs> um, if you didn't catch the last episode, then be sure to go back and check that one out, where Sky and I talked about what PR is and isn't. So absolutely something to go and listen to after this one. So Sky, I love to start at the beginning, funny enough. It's usually a good place. I would love to know kind of how you got started and what was the trigger for you to create your business? Yeah, so my background is um, working in PR and communication. So I did that for 10 years and I was the only person in my family that had a nine to five job. So everyone in my family is a freelance creative of some sort. So my parents are both journalists. They always freelanced as long as I was around. And my brother's a freelance designer. My sister's an actress, which means she has many businesses and does many different things. So I think I was, I don't know, maybe as the oldest child, like your classic kind of bossy older sister, I was like, right, someone's just got to be sensible around here. So (laughs) I was always like, I am never going to do that. You guys are absolutely insane. I'm going to rebel and get a boss. Yeah, get a boss, get some paid holiday. (laughs) So did that for a long time. And I kept making like these sort of side steps. So I kept changing things and, you know, not necessarily small things like moving country or changing industry or that kind of thing. And I just kept coming back to like, why do I still feel like this? Like, why am I still not kind of satisfied, not that happy in what I'm doing? I enjoyed school and uni and it was was always quite driven. And I felt like, you know, when I get a job, I'm just going to be like smashing it. But I just never felt like that in any of the jobs that I had really. And then in 2017, I basically had some coaching for the first time and it just completely changed everything for me. And I think what probably the biggest thing was just kind of understanding my values. So my two core values are um, stability and freedom. Fantastic. Not two things that go hand in hand at all, but it really helped me to understand what was going on. So I had all of the stability and none of the freedom. And that's what was lacking for me. So yeah, went through kind of a coaching process, which was amazing. Um, Actually ended up doing a coaching qualification myself after that. And maybe that kind of gave me the confidence to be like, okay, I've got a different skill now. Like, how could I use this? How can I kind of explore that working for myself for the first time? Um, And yeah, it just kind of went from there. And like my business has changed. I've only really been freelance for kind of just over a year now. Um, So I'm still quite new to all of it. But yeah, it's already changed like a lot within that time. So yeah, that's kind of what brought me eventually, I guess, to having the courage to take that leap um, and set up my own business. I love that. I love the fact that you were exploring, almost exploring your brand values and your personal values as the inspiration to start your business, as opposed to 
kind of starting your business and then doing that work such a strategic comms person like starting with the foundations <laughs> great. we've got to do this properly <laughs> <laughs> it's so tricky though because I mean in hindsight I think it's always easy to identify the values that we establish as a business have always been there but yeah I, th- I think that that's magic to be honest <laughs> <laughs> coaching is magic it is magic <laughs> So when it came to actually moving away from full-time employment, because this is something that I struggled with for a long time when I was kind of running my business alongside my full-time employment. And I know that there are plenty of other listeners out there who are kind of doing side hustle or on the fence. So kind of the process that took you from being full-time, making that decision and actually handing in your notice, what did that kind of look like for you? Yeah, so my background is, so I worked in Dubai for a long time and I worked in PR agencies, um, always really kind of corporate clients. And then, yeah, eventually um, decided to move back to the UK and like wanted a change. So again, like, I mean, there was a lot of sidestepping in Dubai as well. But when I came back, I was like, right, this is it. I'm having a big change. Um, So I went in-house and I worked for a charity, which was a completely different job. And I absolutely loved it. But again, like, as I was saying, like came back, it wasn't a big enough change. Like, still coming up against the same stuff, even though I didn't necessarily kind of know what that was. Um, and yeah, once I kind of did the coaching qualification, as I mentioned, like alongside my job, I actually, um, I mean, very lucky for my first kind of freelance gig, I got offered a month's work in Dubai um, for a client that I used to work with. And that just like it felt real. I was like, okay, this is like a solid thing that I can hook onto. Like if I leave my job, I I know that I'm going somewhere. Um, and I know I've got one job at least and like, surely I can build kind of some more from there. So I think that's kind of, it all kind of came together at the right time. But I think being offered that work was probably like really the thing that pushed me to hand in my notice, um, and to take that time. So yeah, I went out to Dubai and I did that job. Um, and then I decided I was going to try the whole digital nomad thing. Um, so I went to Bali for a few months, which was really interesting. Um, and just, yeah, like people kind of from all over the world, like working, well, not just working for themselves, a lot of people working for themselves though, um, or just, you know, working in a completely different way. And that was like such a sort of fake it to make it like fast track to just like owning what you do. Like it starts off and people go, what, so what do you do? And you're like, oh, well uh kind of I'm just trying this thing and and eventually you're just like this isn't gonna cut it like you just gotta fake it to make it (laughs) so be like well actually I am whatever iteration of what I was at the time um but yeah I think that was good it was like threw me into like the networking like I'm definitely like a natural um networker in the sense that I do just love people and chatting to people um but yeah that was like it was sort of like I don't know business owning your own business boot camp like meeting these people from everywhere um, which was really cool. So yeah, that was kind of my first step. Um, and since then, like came back and then now moved to London and like settled back here again. Freelancing and running my own business feels really cool because I guess like, you know, when I was in that last nine to five, which wasn't even two years ago, like I could have only really dreamed of being able to work for myself and to be back here in this famously expensive <laughs> city that is London. It's so funny. It's like, I know that London is ridiculously overpriced. I've got some friends who live in London. I say overpriced, like it's the price you pay for London, isn't it? It's like, it's London price. It's but then it baffles me, like the digital nomad life, I always see like going to Bali always feels like it's one of those once in a lifetime 
unless you're going there because I feel like a lot of digital nomads congregate in Bali it seems to be the center of that kind of epiphany of moving between corporate and freelance totally yeah I mean it is full of them you can't go down the street without coming across another co-working space but yeah it's yeah it is it's it's really interesting but I I think it's funny because I was at that stage where I had a couple of clients like and as we said sort of talking about costs you know it's cheap out there so I didn't need loads of clients while I was out there at that point but I was I was literally just getting started. Like I wasn't working. I didn't have loads of work. Um, but it was sort of like came to this realization at one point. I was like, I kind of feel like most people aren't really doing anything. <laughs> like I do think it's like, um, I do think like, yeah, part of it is obviously like, you know, people getting started and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that kind of made me laugh. I'd look around and be like, doing I mean look at yourself first what am I actually doing (laughs) like yeah it's just like it's such a mix of people as well I think that like maybe in my mind I like I don't know imagine like a certain type of person but it's like literally everyone there's so many different jobs there's loads of like really like techie people as well like obviously those are the jobs that more like you know that were more remote and flexible from the start it'll be really interesting to see you know, what happens and how it evolves after this year, because so many jobs will be more remote and more flexible and that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, just like tons of different people doing their own thing and doing all different stuff. But yeah, it's massive for the digital movement. I think there are, like jokes aside, there are so many co-working spaces out there. I love that there's like this one place that like for me, I'm just like, that would be amazing to go on holiday and explore. And it's just like, that would be amazing to go and set up a business there. And I follow a few freelancers or business owners who you are based out there. It just seems like, yeah, it's just, I think the flexibility that having a business offers really is so key. And like you've said, I mean, your first clients in Dubai and then you based in London and working in Bali, it really does give that flexibility. One thing that I'd love to ask a little bit more about that I'm really curious about is that you talked about being freelance and being a small business owner. Do you relate to one term better than the other? Do you think that there was a time where you moved from classing yourself as freelance to being a business owner? Yeah, that's so interesting. I guess for me, I do still do some consulting as well, um, as well as kind of, you know, what has evolved into my PR coaching business. So maybe it's almost like two different hats that I kind of wear um, for kind of, and the way that I separate out what I do. Um, But yeah, for me, yeah, I guess for me, free, I think small business owners kind of almost harder to own like you know if you say freelancer it's like yeah just a free like there's a sort of like I don't know sort of level of sort of non-committal <laughs> flexibility that goes with that whereas like yeah I guess it's that imposter syndrome thing again of like yeah I'm a business owner like yeah I run my own business like it feels a bit scary to say that no matter like I think probably no matter what stage you're at, like it's just that sort of owning that as well. I feel like it's almost within the wording. I mean, I've done an episode recently with um, Siobhan Fox, which would have been November, December time, which was like, what do you call yourself in your business? But I feel like freelancer, because you've got free in there, it does imply that there's this freedom and it's almost like that rebellious stage of, yeah, I'm going freelance. Like the world is my oyster. And you can kind of go wherever you want and go with the flow. And then business owner, I think it is that ownership because it is saying that you own it. It's taking responsibility almost for everything that you do. Whereas freelance is just like, oh no, I'm just going with the flow. So if the work isn't there, it's not there. Whereas a business owner, it's like, 
if I don't have the work, then I'm not owning what I'm doing. It's such a weird psychological thing mm. words for me that <laughs> no I think it's so true and actually it's really interesting just thinking about that because for me like and you know there is all of that freedom when we talked about like the traveling and all of that kind of stuff like I had no idea how hard it would be to let go of that nine to five like I spent hours like changed my desk Monday to Friday nine till five like this was exactly why I left I used to be all like I just think it's so ridiculous it's so arbitrary like who even makes this up you know like you know it's not about what I'm doing it's about my output like it's not how long it takes me and then I started my own business I started freelancing even when I didn't really have any clients like (laughs) I remember at the beginning my sister was like what are you actually going to do when you get loads of clients because you spend loads of time in that office (laughs) what are you doing in there and I think it is that thing of like oh shit if I just work harder if I just work harder like then it will come and actually what I've learned after like just over a year is you cannot work like that like it is hard like running your own business working for yourself like it's 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 emotionally is really difficult and actually I try so hard now to make sure that like in my week, maybe I'll just take a Wednesday off. Or if somebody asked me to do something, which I would never be able to do if I had that nine to five job, like say yes to it. Otherwise, what is the point? <laughs> like, otherwise, honestly, you might as well go get a job. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And I think like hustle culture is something that has been a bit of a, a shadow across my entrepreneur. I can't say that word. Across my business journey. <laughs> There we go. It's been a bit of a shadow across my business journey because one, when I started my business, it was alongside my full-time job. And then it was maintaining or attempting to maintain, like you said, that level of office hours. And then like I'd chuck in the hour that I would have for my commute and that would go on it as well. And then it just, it gets really difficult. So uh, I'm curious to know when it did kind of come to the hustle culture that you may have started to experience, what did you, did you have any particular boundaries you put in place to really help you with getting over that employee mindset? Honestly, I think it's still something that I'm like trying to navigate and trying to work out for myself. But I, what I said before and like the something that feels really small but actually like do something in your week that you wouldn't be able to do if you had a job say yes to something that feels like oh but I shouldn't because but why not like literally why not Mm. and I think that for me is like a small way that I can start to do that and because it is so easy to get sucked in or like you know when I don't have as much work on do four days like just little things but like yeah basically things that I wouldn't be able to do if I had a job yeah I think it's celebrating isn't it it's almost like celebrating the fact that you are in control of your own time Mm. I love that so when it comes to how your business has kind of grown and developed over the time that you've been going Are there any particular either hardships or successes that really took you by surprise on your way to where you are now? Yeah. So I guess like hardships, honestly, I feel like setting up a business is like one of the biggest pieces of self-development work you will ever do. (laughs) Like it's, it's emotional. Like it really is. It feel, everything feels so personal. Um, And I think I didn't realize like how big that would be. Um, and even just like, you know, my background is 
communications but like you know how vulnerable it is to put yourself out there and like you know this is who I am this is what I'm doing and like share that it's not I don't find it as scary to share it with new people but I found it really scary to share it with the people that I know like what is that random like Facebook friend that I never even speak to like what are they gonna think about me like so so stupid so yeah I think like I probably didn't realize like yeah I guess emotionally like how yeah how hard it would be um and like also I'm definitely like an extroverted extrovert like I love people I need people didn't really consider the part like wasn't gonna have any colleagues (laughs) you know I like to go to the office for the chat you know (laughs) so that's something that I didn't really think of but actually like I'm sort of building around me like an amazing like group of people um that are all doing similar or you know just people that work for themselves and create your own colleagues like that has been like huge for me um I love that create your own colleagues yeah totally and I guess like actually what I really learned this year is um like when I launched my first group program I sold it out like really really fast like it felt really easy and it was amazing um and that was great and then I came to do my second round and it was hard it was really hard and actually what I learned from that was like nothing comes easy in the sense of I didn't learn anything the first time around like it just really took me by surprise and it happened and it was amazing but when it came to launching it the second time I still didn't know anything more than I knew that time around and this time it didn't come so easily to me um so it's interesting yeah in terms of that like hardships and successes that actually the successes are amazing but yeah actually it's when things are really feel hard and when things get really shit like actually that's where you grow and that's where you learn and that's where next time it is going to be easier it sucks but yeah (laughs) I think that that's something that every business owner comes across and I think that it's something that's definitely lacking a lot within I think like we talked about in the last episode I think there's more and more transparency coming into marketing but there are still quite a lot where being vulnerable and sharing the hardships or sharing the lack of success all the failures, because I, I feel like lack of success and failure can be two very different things. It's difficult to share because it almost feels like no one else is. And like you said, it feels very raw when you start a business. And like I am, I'm the complete opposite to you. Like I'm a proper introvert. I had no issue with like being by myself to the point where it's like my other half has to come to the bottom of the stairs and go, are you all right up there at the end of the day? So I know to stop (laughs) (laughs) that whole having a support network really is key. Wherever you draw your energy from, whether it's from yourself or from others, having that network that you can share these successes and these failures and everything in between with is really, key totally and I think what you said as well about like you know sharing the hard things and sharing the like I don't want to use the word failure but you know sharing when something doesn't go as well like I saw somebody um can't remember her name but posted recently basically saying like I launched my group program and I'm not going to run it because I only got two people and was just like totally upfront and honest about it and I god I didn't think anything bad of her I thought wow good for her and like just made me like her more and be like I probably would work with her in the future whereas I know when I was struggling to sell that second round of a group program like my biggest fear was like well what if I don't and then I have to go and tell people like would I have posted about it probably no probably I wouldn't but actually having seen that post now yeah I probably would and sometimes like 
I am a sort of like bubbly, happy, smiley person. And like, that is really natural for me. But actually the times when I have shown up and like gone like, guys, this is actually really hard. Like, sorry, I haven't been here for a while, but I just needed to take some time or I've been struggling. Like that's when I get the most engagements and like, you know, the most likes or whatever it is. Um, So actually like, yeah, it's hard to do, but yeah, maybe we all have to take a bit of responsibility for doing that because if we're all just out there going, yeah, highlight reel, this is so fucking great, um, then it's like it makes it hard for everyone else to do it. Yeah, it's really tricky because I think, again, you, when you're a small business owner, and I mean, I'll talk from my experience, but I'm, I am absolutely sure that there are other people out there who feel this way. You tend to find that when you're building your support network as a small business, you'll have friends and family who don't, well, in my case, it was friends and family who don't have a business or a supportive but don't understand how then you have your newfound business circle so your business friends who usually become like your besties like your business buddies your accountability your coach whatever else but then you also seem to kind of absorb yourself into the lives of other established entrepreneurs who are putting out this content who are hitting those six seven figures every month and you're like Okay, so looking at where I am, you never look at how well you're doing from where you started. You look at how well you're doing in comparison to that very small group of people that you've put on a pedestal. Totally, totally. Like, and we, and it is that thing of looking back and like, for me, like at the moment, my consulting is a lot of my income and it's a big part of what I do. And yeah, it's like, I'm kind of growing this coaching side of it, but actually I need to remember to step back and be like, a year ago, you never thought you could even like live in London as a consultant, like just remembering exactly like how far you've come because you always want the next thing. Like we always look up to that person that's one step ahead of us rather than being like, how far have I actually come? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be really curious to know as well, because you've, you've mentioned that you were the only one with the nine to five, you rebel. Um, <laughs> Were there any key pieces of advice that your family gave you when you were talking about going freelance or self-employed that you found either to be true in hindsight or anything that you took on board at the time? Yeah. And actually, like, I owe so much to them because I just don't think if they hadn't been around me doing it for so long, I never would have got the courage. And actually, like, my mum is so sweet. She is a total babe anyway. But, you know, she supported me so much into this and she just kept, like, she always says like you won't look back and it's so true um and I guess like probably the best advice and it's it's so intangible but it is just you do what you've got to do and you have to let go of the outcome like if you spend every day worrying about when that next client's going to come in what project's coming up next oh but you know I'm okay till March and then what happens in March or whatever it is you can't live like that like it's not sustainable and actually it's so funny the things that do come in when you let go a little bit and like I get projects where I'm like, that is so random. I couldn't have made that up. So actually like, you know, yes, you do have to put the work in. It's almost mindful. Like it forces you to really be more present and live like in this moment because you can't go there six months, 12 months. You can't live in that place. It's, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. I think that being present is something that is very easy to forget with business owners because you'll look to the past to judge yourself against how you were, what has happened, what went well and what didn't. And you'll look to the future either in a positive long term or maybe feeling a bit of apprehension if there's something that you're working towards. 
but being present is super difficult Mm, it's the hardest thing in life (laughs) it's the hardest thing in life but it is the most powerful even just bringing it in a little bit yeah it makes such a big difference but yeah it's like a everyday thing you've got to work at (laughs) it's funny how often mindset comes up mindset is such a huge part of business that I never considered and I've said this before it's like corporate Tammy would never be sat here she would be rolling her eyes so hard at me going you need to look after your brain your mind you need to look after how you're approaching things because again like you said it's so intangible letting go of the outcome can often be the best thing you can do totally yeah mindset yeah it's everything like you can have it all but if you don't believe in yourself or you're doubting it or whatever like that's what you've that's the bit that you're left with, isn't it? That's the bit that you kind of got to live with. So um, yeah, working on that side of it. And I, yeah, I guess that's why it kind of comes back to being the biggest piece of personal development work you will ever do in your life. Absolutely. So one thing that I do love to ask my guests about is kind of their branding and their marketing, because that's a big part of business. And this is kind of the brand lounge. So, you know, it's going to come up. I would love to know kind of if you have or at what stage did you kind of invest in your branding? I know we already talked about you identifying your values, but was that something that you then continued when in the early stages? So my brand was like something, I guess when I think of brand in my mind, I think of like a logo, like, and that's probably something that I kind of focused on at the beginning and was like, you know, I want it to be really professional. I want it to look really good. Um, But I didn't really know what I was looking for. Um, And as I said, like being very lucky having all these freelance creatives my brother's actually a designer so um I worked with him um I kind of picked a color palette um which I absolutely love and I am wearing and (laughs) is everywhere (laughs) I need to stop buying everything in those colors but I didn't yeah I didn't really know so much what I wanted so for me it was like I needed to work with someone that I would be really comfortable like going back and forth with as well and who would be kind of receptive and I think yeah I was obviously like great to have your brother do it for you um when you're starting out but also I think it was just I knew that I didn't have to tell him I loved it and I was a bit scared that I worked with someone else because I didn't really know and I'm sure that's a huge part of the process but I'd just be like yeah I love it and be like oh my god what is this (laughs) so at the moment like it's very basic I just worked with my brother on it I love the colors and you know I like it but it's something that I definitely in the future will revisit with a lot more thought um, and something that I want to invest in um, a little bit more as I go on. I love that. So I think that it's important to also re-establish the fact that if you don't have a well-defined brand or if you don't have a brand that's like 100% absolutely nailed, that's okay. We've talked about this in this episode. We've talked about it in the last one and many others where if you are your brand, you're the key point. As a brand designer, obviously having a brand can benefit you in huge ways for your business, but it isn't the be all and end all. Cool. So when it comes to your branding over time, has your would you say your business has changed a huge amount over the time that you've had it? And would you consider having a look at your branding kind of as a journey as you go along like whether that's strategy or visuals yeah I think so my business has changed so when I very first started out I think I was being a lot more led by what I thought people wanted and needed so I kind of had this coaching bit um, but then I was like okay but I want it how can I bring in my past experience so then I was like oh I'll do like PR and marketing coaching so that's the idea that I started working on um, and I was going with and it just just didn't quite feel right and I couldn't really work it out and I guess I was just resistant to kind of niching it down further but actually after a while I was just like 
PR is what I know and PR is what I love. That's something that I just feel confident in. It lights me up. It's interesting. Um, and so um, actually earlier um, this year, I kind of niched down into just the PR side of it and doing the PR coaching. And it was like the best decision that I ever made. Like it just felt so right when I moved into it. And obviously, ironically, doing like um, the marketing side as well would all be like, you must niche, don't be afraid to niche and all of this kind of thing. Being like, look, I've got a niche, but actually, no, like you almost can never be too niche. You know, it, I guess it's that fear of like, oh, there's not enough to go around and there's not enough clients and all of that kind of thing. Um, but actually, if you're just like really owning that expertise, as we talked about in the last episode, um, and also working on stuff that you feel confident with and that you really enjoy, then that's also what sells it. And that's what also what helps you to kind of get clients. So yeah, I kind of not massively changed. And obviously, it hasn't been like a huge amount of time. Um, but definitely this year, I've just sort of, yeah, niched it down a little bit and kind of delved more into that kind of area and of expertise and it just feels it just from there like it felt like everything started happening like it just made sense and it started to kind of yeah stopping that like forcing against something that's not quite working and you're not sure why and just sort of like yeah letting yourself lean into where you need to be where you're meant to be yeah it's coming back around to that clarity purpose and intention isn't it it's being clear on what it is that you want to what you want your business to do for you and what you want, what the life is that you want it to facilitate. And I think that I am fairly confident. No, I'm going to say I feel confident in saying that every business owner that I know has changed their business to some degree by niching in a certain way in the first, I would say six months, but more likely definitely within the first 12 months of having their business. And it always feels better every time you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, for me, I kind of niched in my expertise, but maybe not necessarily in who I work with. Like at the moment, I work with like female service based businesses, which is still, you know, quite general. And probably I imagine like over time, that's something that I might dig into a little bit more as well. Like, who do I really want to serve? Who do I really want to work with? But yeah, it's interesting, even when you're teaching it to other people, it is like, it, it does feel scary. It does feel like that cutting off everyone but actually like you know it's basic communication if you are talking to everyone you are talking to no one it's impossible like you can't reach people on the level that you need to you can't make people feel like understood or have that confidence in you if you're sort of just generally trying to throw it out there (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think one of the things that really helped me with it was you can do if you're experiencing this listeners what you can do is bring up a google tab and Google how many small businesses have been started that year in your country. And if you can see that number, because it will be like tens, if not hundreds of thousands. And if you work out what 1% of that is, and that is a good goal for you to serve over a number of years, that kind of gives you the idea of there is plenty to go around. Um, One of the lovely guests that I had in December, I think Amy Quo is a brand designer, and she worked with two companies who created wooden flower bouquets for weddings like that is one of the most niche businesses I have ever heard of and she worked with both of them and even they managed to position themselves completely differently so it was completely separate like if you ever sit there and think there isn't enough to go around I assure you that there is there are billions of people on this planet (laughs) I love that I love that idea of yeah that like tangible like actually doing the maths because there's also like sometimes I think about it the other way and I'm like 
how many clients can I actually take on in one year? It's not that many. There's two things. I was like, how many clients do I need? You know, also how many, really, if I push myself, how many could I take on? And also in that, if you're working with that many people, why did you start your own business? Like you are busier than you've ever been. So like, and for me, like a big, like really ultimately my goal was like, I just want to work less and I want to earn more. And like, actually sometimes, especially in the corporate world, that can feel really shameful. Like, like, why would you like, work? You're obviously not ambitious. You're obviously lazy or whatever. Um, but yeah, like actually it's such a trap, isn't it? That kind of, and it's a trap. Like we talked about that hustle trap. Like it's exactly the same as the corporate trap. Like you're doing it for different reasons. I feel like I'm hearing it more and more about, you know, prioritizing you know like your mental health and like what actually feels good in your business and going back to why you started it mm-hmm. and it is so important it's so important um and yeah if you don't realize that now you will probably realize it in a few months time like I think we all get there yeah absolutely I agree and I'm such a big advocate for building a business in a way that you enjoy because working in corporate was not good for my mental health particularly towards the end like throughout my throughout my time I had bad experience with bosses. I had bad experience with jobs. I had bad experiences with commutes. Like there was all sorts of things. But when I started my business, I fell into that same trap where it was just kind of focusing on the money, focusing on the time. And it was exchanging that time for money rather than exchanging kind of this new life that I was in control of. Right. So now my business, I try and make sure that I prioritize like you said, what I want to do, like something during the week, every Monday, I make sure that I have the morning It's a slow morning. I do a bubble bath. I love it. It's wonderful because I couldn't do that in corporate. Um, and in 2021, I'm starting to have a craft noon on a Wednesday. Oh, look at you. <laughs> so I'm going to teach myself or try and learn something new and try something different every Wednesday, just for like an hour at the end of the day, but finish an hour early because I can. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's like just embrace the fact that you have your business and do something that you couldn't do before to remember that. Absolutely. Perfect. When it comes background to marketing your business, because as you said, I mean, marketing was part of your coaching as well at the beginning. Is there a particular method that you found particularly effective or your favorite way of marketing your business that's really helped you grow? Yeah. So for me, like actually really the only channel um, that I use kind of social wise is Facebook, which is hilarious because I had no idea that people run businesses from Facebook. Like I thought Facebook was, you know, it was just, it was dying out. People weren't even posting those, you know, 25 album, picture albums after a night out or whatever it was. So oh yes. Those days. <laughs> remember they used to put a comment on the photos absolutely amazing actually really miss those days come on <laughs> I was gonna say we've got loads of time now but we're not going anywhere so god they wouldn't be interesting <laughs> but yeah so for me I use Facebook um and I have a Facebook group and like for me I love it and I feel like I, that's where I can really serve people and there's something just slightly more personal about it it's almost like a little private world that you invite people into um and I yeah I feel that I can like in terms of content and value like serve a little bit more deeply on there um than maybe on other platforms yeah I don't use Instagram at all um I mean I've changed my bio so it kind of looks like a professional Instagram but you are literally not going to find anything on there apart from me thinking I'm absolutely hilarious on stories although do get some good feedback so during 
series out, guys. <laughs> is she hilarious? <laughs> I am actually hilarious. <laughs> Definitely follow me, but you won't get any PR advice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in terms of like, yeah, platforms like Facebook's what I use. Um, and then for me, like absolutely love podcasts. I love doing like Facebook lives and people's groups, Instagram lives, whatever it is. I really, really love to talk. Um, and that's kind of what feels really good for me. I have written one guest blog and it was the most painful experience of my life. And I don't even know why. I just was like, okay, blogging is not going to be one for me. I love that you tried it though. I love yeah, that you tried I it. tried it so long. I was just like, yeah, no, this is, I'm, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Um, and I think also, I think I'm just lucky that I am like a natural network. People are like, oh, I hate small talk. I love small talk. <laughs> like genuinely, I just want to know like those little mundane details about people's life. I don't know what's wrong with me. So. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's brilliant. <laughs> I think that it's, <laughs> it's wonderful to be curious. And as someone who finds small talk easier than I used to, but still quite daunting and falls back to the same kind of Hi, how 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 are you? Um, like a podcast has done wonders for me. Like, yeah. and like you said, it was like embracing embracing what you enjoy. I think I used to be like everyone used to be like you just know everyone. Or like people used to joke if they needed a job or someone was looking for someone for a job, like go speak to Sky, like she'll find you someone. Because I just I think I'm good at remembering people and I love connecting people as well and that kind of thing. And I used to be like is it a bit weird? And then I started my own business. I was like, oh my God, I've been networking my whole life. (laughs) And actually it's massively helped me. Like I've got loads of clients from people that I maybe worked with before or known before, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm lucky that I love that part of it because it is part of running your own business. And I, yeah. And I know for people, like for other people, it's difficult, but it is like exactly what we talked about there just there isn't a formula there isn't like you know one way of doing things and I guess that like if you do focus on what you really enjoy like that just comes across that will just sort of radiate from what you're doing um and that that's doing it well isn't it yeah and I think also what you've said there as well is pick the bits of the platforms that work well for you like if you don't enjoy being on Facebook but you like having a group then do that Or if you don't like posting on Instagram, but you know the world needs to know how funny you are, then stories is definitely the way to go. (laughs) Top tip. (laughs) Um, So from your overall business journey, kind of what is the one key piece of advice that you'd share with the listeners who are looking at starting or maybe in the early stages? I think I would say own your expertise. And I say that like in all the conversations we've had in this episode, in the last episode, recognizing that it's one of the hardest things to do. But if you can really, st- even if you have to fake it to make it to start with, try to believe and know that you are the expert in what you do and that you're doing this for a reason and lean into that. Like, I think that is exactly how you stand out and that's how um, you create the best work and that you'll serve people in the best way. I absolutely love that. I think that that's a wonderful way to kind of wrap this episode up. So let's just finish off by where can the listeners find more about you online? So my website is skyferguson.co.uk. If you are interested in PR and you just want to come and find out a little bit more and um, then my Facebook group is called PR Made Easy and obviously if you're here for the lols Skyfergs on Instagram 
come, come and have a look. You can decide for yourself. I am definitely going to go and find that. <laughs> oh, actually, there's quite a good story up there. So make sure you're getting in the next few hours. <laughs> I'm going to do that. You're going to miss out, listeners. Sorry. But um, maybe she'll repost later on. Like, maybe I'll add it to the highlights. <laughs> highlights, the brand lounge. <laughs> If you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's brilliant. So as always, listeners, I'll pop all of the links in the show notes, including the Instagram, so you can go and find Sky and more of her work and follow along with her Facebook group as well for any PR advice, especially if you're at the early stages. It's going to be a brilliant goldmine for you. Thank you again for joining me today, Sky. This has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. It's so, yes, yeah, so nice to laugh. <laughs> gotta laugh (laughs) Um, perfect and listeners don't forget that new episodes are live every tuesday and every thursday so be sure to hit that subscribe button to never miss out and until next time i'd love to hear how you're approaching the new year in your business so head over to the instagram and facebook community where we can continue the conversation in the brand lounge